up, you guys? Jonathan here, back with Fantasy Foreplay, bringing you the latest news to help you succeed in your fantasy football. Thank you very much for that. That was actually Booger McFarland. He came on uh, to join us. I know he sounds very different. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's just a big fan of the show. He wanted to put out a new voice, a new persona. Come out and show his support. So thank you for that, Booger McFarland. I don't know why he's calling himself Jonathan now. But uh, anyway, we are here today with a superstar special. Uh, uh, we're trying something a little bit different today. We're bringing on some new faces to the podcast. The uh, infamous Sibu uh, is coming on to join us. You want, you want to give us a little Sibu there? Woo. That was garbage. That was fucking <laughs> that was garbage. Lionel, show him how to I do it. it. That was so loud it clipped. That's actually where, where the sound kind of drops off that was... Lionel really getting his balls behind that Cebu. That's you really gotta just really hold it and just throw. Yes, I have nothing else to say. I ate two bunt cakes just before this podcast. My like stomach is fucking. No, yeah, like the little baby bunt cakes. One was a white chocolate raspberry, uh, and then I took. I pre- well, I won't say uh, what the the events <laughs> that that preceded, but uh, it was a gratifying moment in my life. Shower, <laughs> you know, similar uh, location, um, steaminess. Uh, it was just you're really basking in, in 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 you know. Let's just leave it there. Let's not push that. Oh, All righty. So today we're going to be breaking down the AFC West. Uh, Are and you not going to introduce me, you jerk? Oh, we have a <laughs> we have that guy from that segment. Um. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So, so what yeah. Came up with? really, this is the most oh. memorable segment of your podcast. Jose. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Have you ever Jose? Jose. Yeah, that's what it was. I've never Jose. You almost got kicked out. What do you mean, Super? Which one? I don't know. Was there a petition to, to kick him out? Or... Did we have a petition to kick one out last year? You I tried to we... start it just because I was the first one to like get on you about auto draft. Oh no no no! Oh yeah yeah yeah. We and we've we've already discussed that auto draft in length. So I mean, at this point, Saber, if you want to try to defend yourself, go for it. But everyone knows the story. Everyone knows. Oh, I'm not a robot. Yeah. People have already heard. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm 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 assuming <laughs> I'm assuming your your player tastes today are not going to be too different. Anyway, yeah. So uh, we do have a Mexican here with us. Multiple Mexicans, but one. Specifically, so much One so very special Mexican. Yeah, that he uh, he changed his name from Juan to Jose over the last week. Um, you know, to really just take on that persona. It was like you know you already have a really 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 basic Mexican name, but how can you step it up? Yeah, that was, that yeah, was and and why be why be um, so binary when it comes to your self identity when you can be two different versions of the same Mexican, right? <laughs> I guess that's one way to look at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So today we're going to be kicking off the AFC West with uh, the Super Bowl. Chiefs. 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 There we go. Chiefs. 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 So, guys, my projection is I know this is going to be a hot take, but the Chiefs are going to win the division next year. Please write it down. Put your money in the fucking bank because the Kansas City Chiefs have the greatest offense in the NFL right now. They have the quarterback of the future, Patrick Mahomes, who will be a fantasy star next year. Yes, he was injured for the latter part of the year, 
but starting this next year, he's going to have an even greater season. The fact that they added Clyde Edwards Elaire. You totally and his production in both rushing and receiving in college is just going to make this team a lot more better. They still have Damian Williams, but let's be real here. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to be the stud this year. Okay, so let me ask you really quick on Clyde Edwards Hilaire because right now I like I agree they drafted him in the first round. Uh, just kidding. No, they they traded up to the first round to get him. I'm just kidding. They had That's a big to. move. And there was like a whole thing that like Mahomes wanted him too. He's going in the second at the top of the second round in the draft. Do you feel comfortable taking no. him there right now? I mean, I, no. Too high. He's going in the 208, so not the top, towards the tail end. 208. That's um, too high. That's way too high. Way too high for a rookie. Now, and here's my concern. So if we use the parallel of the Kareem Hunt, uh, the season that he broke out, the reason why that happened was because Spencer Ware got injured right before the season. And they drafted Kareem Hunt in the third round. That's still high equity. And they intended to use him. They just didn't expect to use him right away. Um, He does have that potential. Clyde Edwards does have that potential. He's super electric at LSU. Um, But... I just don't know how long it's going to take. But once it does take off, you want the starting running back for the Chiefs. You think about Andy Reid, what he did with McCoy, what he did with Jamal Charles, um, you know, Kareem Hunt as well. I think if you draft a couple of good running running backs in the first couple of rounds and you want to stash another one, that's a good one to have. So that having been said, like um, Damian Williams had a hell of a performance at the Super Bowl. There was a lot of conversations that he should have been the Super Bowl MVP, and I don't necessarily agree, but I do see the argument and the angle. I think it's a valid argument. That having been said, I think he's still going to have a role in this team, especially early on. I'm afraid to draft him. I personally don't really want him on my team just because if he does have value, I don't think it'll be for too long. I do think uh, Edwards Alaire is a much better talent, but he's going in, in the seventh round right now, 705. Would you be interested at that point to maybe take a shot and uh, kind of stash him? That's around where Shady was going last year. There was a lot of hype for that, and that didn't really pan out. I actually wouldn't. I'd still take my chances with Clyde. I think Damian Williams will lose his value um, towards the middle half of the season. And uh, the way the Chiefs offense runs, I think Clyde's, Clyde uh, fits in a lot better um, for this next year that's going to happen. Uh, he had some pretty good receiving yards too, which is why I think there there is a lot of value with him, um, yeah. being in the early rounds or the early half rounds. But uh, I do I would rather have him and stash him to see how he performs. Uh, I he, think it's worth he, the risk. He could be one of those players that, like right now, where you know everyone's hesitant because he's a rookie. But I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the year people are going to be kicking themselves, you know, for not for not taking him. There is a world where that happens, especially in the Andy Reid system. Um, but how do you feel about the rest of the team, Lionel? I will say, when Juan is drafting his fourth tight end, I'm going to take Clyde. Um, well, this is this is also a team that actually does have a lot to do with Juan's strategy. We were discussing it this week. Juan, uh, do you want to kick that conversation off a little bit, the tight end conversation? Oh, you mean how Rita completely divulged that she's stealing my strategy? She's going to take all the tight ends? <laughs> exactly. 
Like, how does Travis <laughs> Kelsey, I'm, how I'm is he a part of that? And where would you take him? I'm taking Travis Kelsey. If I'm in the bottom half of the first round, I'm going to take him in the first. Everyone's going to panic. And someone's going to get Kittle in the second. And I'm going to take Ertz with my second <laughs> pick. And then I'm going to just keep on taking all the tight ends after that. And then I'm going to get some massive trades. I'm going to trade Zach Ertz for Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the second week is what's going to happen. <laughs> I'll give that's, him to you. that's bold. That is <laughs> Did you bold. say you'll give them to me? <laughs> Just because you said it here in this podcast. All right, we'll make it happen. That is bold. Now, I I I totally get that, and actually, I do think if you do that, you're gonna have a lot of trade capital. You're gonna you're gonna get some good value out of that. My only concern, um, drafting a t- like Kelsey is a value in the, in in the second round if if he yeah. drops, but I don't think he's gonna drop there. Uh, he actually has a higher target percentage in this uh, offense than than even Tyreek Hill. That's that's so weird. Tyreek Hill, um, you know, he, he has fifteen percent. Tyreek Kelsey has twenty four percent of the target share. Granted, you know, Tyreek was injured last year, but he does disappear for games. He's he's boom or bust. Kelsey, think, he he's he's consistent. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think that's been that's been the case the past two years, more so last year, really. I mean, they did have injuries, but with the Chiefs, the problem that you had last year was any one receiver could go off, right? Like, you know, Sammy Watkins isn't going to have a great game week in, week out, but you just don't know if that's the week that, like, you stashed him in your bench and that's the week he goes off. Whereas you always know Travis Kelsey is going to give you, like, a solid, at the very bottom, like, 10 points, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And honestly, between the two, like, of all the options on this team – the one I'd be more, most inclined to taking or to to buying in on is Travis Kelsey. He's the only one that's even close to like what he should be priced at right now. Tyreek Hill's going as the second wide receiver currently in ADP. Or no, yeah, the second wide receiver after Michael Thomas. Right now he's going, yeah, isn't that crazy? He's going ten overall, ten. That's really high. Like yeah, he's behind Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. And he's you know he's had injury pasts. He he he's boom or bust. Like he's not someone that you can rely on week in week out to take that in the first round. Your wide receiver one. Um, I don't know. No, I'm not a big fan of that. Are you drafting a tight end early, Renee? It depends. It depends. You drafting uh, Kelsey? If I no, I'm only going to draft a tight end early if I'm getting a like a real real good value on it. Um, well, the problem is you won't. What's going to happen yeah. is all the time. I'm going to start. What happens every year? I'm going to start it. All the tight ends are going to be gone, and then the best tight end available is going to be Tyler Higby in the third. And See, like, I love that. If I don't, if I don't get him now, like there's no tight ends left because they're all. No, I'll up. just stream. I'll just stream. You can stream the position. That's fine. And and here's <laughs> where here's where I why I love that you're going to do that because if there's 12 teams drafting and one's just going for tight ends. That means that everybody's draft pick just got moved up one slot as far as skill positions go. So that means that you're going to get slightly better values by targeting running backs and wide receivers in those early rounds. I'm not opposed to that. If you want to go for that, then I'm going to do the exact opposite and take the talent that you're going to be pining for afterwards. Well, on that note, um, I actually think that – I think the Clyde Edwards-Alaire is like a – I think it's a bigger gamble than a lot of people think. So – I think that Kansas City might turn into a running back by committee team next season, even more so than the past year. Um, I think we saw a lot from Damian Williams, and I think he's going to be a big factor in this offense. Yeah. Now, you do have the potential of this guy turning into Kareem Hunt two years ago, 
but uh, and by that I mean Clyde Edwards-Alaire, but I just yeah. don't know, you know? I think that he's not going to get that many touches at the start, and I think they'll share them for most of the season. I think so there's going to be talent anything, there. But, yeah, I am I am nervous about all those things. I'm, I don't want to really have one of these running backs, although I am optimistic. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's possible that he slips to the third round just because of those concerns. If he does slip to the third round, I would be happy to take him in the third. Second's too high. But even if, you know, okay. if, if in the third round, if I, if I went running back wide receiver, I'll take him as my second running back. There's a lot of upside there. I definitely don't want him as my running back one. I don't. He's not going to be the cornerstone of my team. I just think that instead of overreaching for Edwards Lair, I'd rather get some value on Damian Williams later on in the draft. Yeah. That's what I would be eyeing for. Like, I wouldn't take him in the second. But you're right. If he falls in the third, then I think that's you're no longer gambling, really. It's a value yeah. pick. Yeah, Lionel. So who's going to finish higher next year? Who's going to finish as the number one quarterback? Is it Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson? Who's your bet? I'd say probably Mahomes. I'd say Mahomes. I, I would put my money on Mahomes. <laughs> Sieber, what's your take? Mahomes for sure. Why? Juan? He's just freaking beast. He, he came up a broken leg. He beat the Madden curse. Like, what else can you do? He did beat the Madden curse. That's true. Juan, who do you think? Uh, I think Mahomes just because Baltimore invested in a running back. So yeah, I, 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 I agree with that. And, and I think, um, you know, the hype right now is super high for Lamar Jackson. But what he did last year was pretty incredible, especially in the passing department, just because it was so efficient. And you have to assume if he regresses a little bit, even what he did last year, he, I think he had 420 something like 421 points last year. Mahomes had 429. So he, he outperformed that the year before and he did it on something that he's shown time and time again, he can replicate. Um, now my only concern with this team is that the year that that happened, um, the KC defense was not good. But as they showed last year, especially towards the end of the year when they made their Super Bowl run, that defense really tightened up. They kept a lot of the same players. And so this team identity might not have to be coming from behind so much. If that's the case, I do think um, you're going to see Mahomes maybe come down a little bit. I, th I still think it's enough to keep him in the number one spot. But he's going at, at the 205 right now. I'm not going to have Patrick Mahomes in any single one of my leagues, any I'm not. That's too high for a quarterback. Way too high. I don't care if it is Patrick Mahomes. He's going to win a Super Bowl again for sure. All right, I'm fucking done with the Chiefs. Fuck the Chiefs. There's so many <laughs> like the other teams I'm way more interested in. Let's, yeah. let's get to it. Saber? See, the Raiders have really nothing. Derek Carr is not that reliable. Get closer to the get closer to the microphone. Fuck Lionel. He, no one needs to hear his fucking bullshit right now. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, the Raiders... The Las Vegas Raiders this year. Let's see, they don't have really nothing valuable. Only, they, <laughs> like, for that, that even, I, I, I don't have my money on Jacobs this year because he still has an injury. So he's still questionable. Like, like he, he did a lot of yards, but right now he's like, doesn't look too good. With Jacobs, really quick, before you get move on to the wide receivers, he's going at the 111. So basically, towards the tail at the turn. You're you're gonna be looking down and and one and taking Jacobs, uh, or you could possibly taking Jacobs. Would you take him at the end of the first round? No, that's too high. I think he's still injured. So, 
He's, I think he's, he's set to be coming back at, at the beginning of the season. I, I think it's too high because he doesn't receive. He doesn't. He had 27 targets last year. That's those are Derrick Henry numbers, and he's not a Derrick Henry runner. He's not putting up those kinds of numbers on the ground, right? And so he has productivity. So maybe in the second round, uh, he'd be valued towards the tail end. But first round, end of the first round, way too high. Yeah, for sure. I don't hope for him heard of a first round. I don't like the fifth or sixth. So how do you feel about the wide receivers? Because I'm very, honestly, this is one of the wide receiver cores that's so confusing to me. It is is confusing. We got we we got we got some new new ones, and I don't know. There's a whole list of them. We we drafted like three of them during the draft. Did you hear like, that Ruggs, Ruggs apparently was helping a friend move, and his like his thigh got punctured by some shit? So <laughs> that that legit happened. Did you hear about that, Saber? No. That was your first round draft pick. How does that? Yeah. How does that you feel? Got punctured by that? furniture. Is that the guy from or something? I don't know what, but is that the Alabama guy? Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, that's terrible. (laughs) 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 That sucks, huh? Yeah. Here we are laughing. That is so fucked up. I hope. I hope. I wish him. uh, I actually. I'm a big fan of rugs. Um, I think it, it was interesting that they took him with the first pick, but it makes sense. You know, a lot of people see him as this over-the-top wide receiver that can take the top off, and he has that kind of speed, but that's not how he was used at Bama. He was, you know, he was a uh, run-after-the-catch guy. He would get these short to intermediate and then just take off with the ball, which is something that I think does work pretty damn well for Derek Carr's style because he's always – he's very accurate but tends to throw very short and medium uh, routes, allowing for that kind of development. Um, so I, I was actually pretty excited about Ruggs uh, and his potential. Someone to watch. I don't think I'd really want to draft him, but because he's a rookie, people might be a little bit hesitant. He's one that could fall or that could be an early trade target if things start. Uh, I think they're probably going to trade him. That's what he did to the last Alabama guy. What was his name? The, when we drafted the Cowboys? Cooper? Amari Cooper? Yeah, Cooper. We did the same thing to Cooper. We'll probably do the same thing to this guy. Let's get another first-round pick out of him. Let's draft an Alabama guy and trade him. But Cooper had good days with the Raiders. You know, he he was also super boomer bust, but he had he had productive days. Really, we just need like a, a really solid quarterback because right now our quarterback is no good. I Derek Carr, Derek Carr hype train last year. No, no, I only had him for a backup because the freaking Houston one sucked. So let me uh, excuse my, me. My, I'm a big fan of the, you know, saying if you have this kind of a situation where you have two quarterbacks, one's pining for the starting position, the other one's trying to hold on to the, you really, you don't have a solid foundation for your offense. There's a lot of question marks in our organization right now. <laughs> who's going to start and who's not going to start? So who do you think is going to start over Carr? Who would you rather have over Carr, Super? The guy from Tennessee? What, what, that guy we Tannehill? Yeah, Tannehill. Mariota, Mariota. Uh, Mariota. There we go. I don't know my own team, so. So, do you, I guess, will there be a QB battle, or is Carr going to start off and then? He's probably going to start off. He's a a pro, so he's in the pro level. So, are are there any options on, like, uh, fantasy options on this team that appeal to you? Who who would you draft, Seabrew? Probably. Rugs? Just Jacobs. Jacobs? Okay. I think there's one that, you know, we're glossing over right now that does seem at least a little bit intriguing. And to me, that's Darren Waller. And the reason being, uh, so last year he benefited greatly due to, you know, all the tumult that they had at the wide receiver position. 
but during that time, he had a 23% of the target share from the Raiders, which is really great for a tight end. Uh, and, and you did see him dip down from weeks eight to weeks, uh, to week 12. He had a significant drop in his production. That's when, uh, Hunter Renfro came back into the offense and they started using the wide receivers again. But, um, if these wide receivers don't take a step forward and, uh, Waller does take a step forward, I think he's in a tier of tight end where he can go one of two ways. He can take a step up to a higher tier to where next year we're going to be talking about him. Like we're talking about Mark Andrews this year. Or he's going to drop down and kind of people are going to view him down a little bit lesser, you know, maybe like uh, Evan Ingram, who has had, you know, boomer bust, but the, the hype's not really there anymore. Uh, he's going at, at the, in the ninth pick of the fifth round right now for a, a tight end with potentially 20% of the target share. I think that's a fair price. And um, he's one good slip. Perfect for a fourth round pick. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going high tight ends, like he's one of those players that might slip through, you know, if, if someone's drafting all the tight ends, well, he could fall a little bit. I'm going to get him in the fourth. I feel like there's going to be a tight end battle. <laughs> there's going to be a tight end battle. There's going to be a right receiver battle. Like we just got some guy from the Eagles, apparently. He's talking about, okay, he has a picture of Nelson Aguilar pulled up. Oh, yeah. No, he, is, he, he has great anything, hands. If anything, he's going to he's going to end more of your drives than you think he's not going to make the catch. He's not going to make the catch. Aguilar has apparently he's only guaranteed 1 million bucks. Is that worth nothing? Seabird. They're not investing much in them and they don't expect a lot from him. And Tyree, Tyrell Williams isn't going to do shit for the team either. I don't want, I don't, I really don't want a part of this wide receiver core. Probably, probably the tight end for sure. I'll probably draft the tight end. That's what he mostly draws to. That's the only, yeah, that's the only one that kind of does interest me. I think he is a little bit of a value. Are the Raiders drafting Lawrence? No. Trevor Lawrence next no. year? No. no. No? No. You don't want Trevor Lawrence? I don't know who that is. So. Okay. Oh Did he, I, if, if Trevor, <laughs> okay. This is a this the quarterback. You're 100% right in that this is a, a team that could potentially end up with Trevor Lawrence next year. If they do, that's going to be incredible for them. Trevor Lawrence, by the way, Seaver, is just an incredible quarterback talent coming out next year from, from uh, the NCAA. But um, I just follow UTEP, so that's why these, these are two. Now, he's the kid from Clemson. So, I mean, he's, he's really talented. He's, he's a very special talent. Nice hair. I don't, I don't, I think this team has talent enough to not finish dead last in the league. So I don't, I don't think they're going to end up with Lawrence unless they trade into that position. Are they the team that you guys hate most? Yes. They're sure F- they're going to get to the playoffs. So that's it. On the F- playoffs, T R. <laughs> so speaking of FTR, why don't you take it away with the Broncos? One. All right, let's do it. What are the Broncos players? I don't know one either. He, you know what he told me today? He was like, who's the Broncos quarterback? <laughs> oh, my God. It's all right. It's all right. There's a lot of people saying that right now. You'll find out soon enough. Ooh. All right, hold up. Sorry, I was I was looking up Melvin Gordon's ADP. Here, I got it right here. He's going at the 305. Oh, okay. All right. So... Broncos. It's an exciting year to be a Broncos fan after four years of crap. Uh, <laughs> finally have an exciting young quarterback. 
and a really young but really exciting offensive core. Like they invested a lot in the offense this year. Uh, it's pretty exciting. So I have all of the offensive weapons uh, listed and their age. So Drew Locke, Sieber is the quarterback for the Broncos. He went four and one last year, BP dub. So he knows how to play. He's 23 years old. And Cortland Sutton is 24 years old. He's our star wide receiver. I think he's going to be the best player on the team next year. Noah Fant is our starting tight end, who's 22. Jerry Judy is the other Alabama receiver uh, that we drafted. Sorry, but you guys got the wrong one. It's totally yeah. Jerry Judy over. Also the one that finished with significantly more yardage production. So you're telling me a young team is going to be great. When, when he got drafted, Sieber said you guys got the leftovers. Yeah, I remember that. He legit said that. <laughs> that doesn't mean <laughs> you're wrong. I think we were really lucky because I, I don't think they expected Jerry Judy to be available at 15. And when they were like, oh, my God, we got the best one. Like, it was ridiculous. Yeah. KJ Hamler was our second round pick. He's only 20 years old. And then Philip Lindsay's 25 and Melvin Gordon's 27. So Gordon's, you know, he's the veteran at this point. But it's really exciting because it's a really young core. They invested a lot in the draft on the offense. And then – uh, most people don't realize this, but they spent the most money on defense and free agency. So they bolstered up both sides. So I think there's going to be value in terms of fantasy on both sides of the ball. So that uh, that having been said, I think it's very clear that this is a team that's come out with an identity saying, like, we have a young uh, quarterback that's, you know, showed spurts of talent. And, uh, you know, we're going to surround him with this incredible crew. If he can't win with this, he never will. Um, you, they've invested a lot in the running back uh, room, you know, making sure that that's going to be the center of the, of the offense's uh, movement. And you're going to put most of the team's uh, identity on defense, especially with, with Fangio leading the, the troops there and him being a defensive-minded coach. That having been said, one thing that I'm very concerned about with the Broncos as a fantasy option and all of them is uh, target count. This is a team that's going to want to run and want to want to, play defense and they have a young quarterback that maybe they're going to try to hold back the reins at least for a little while. And I know that you said Sutton you believe is going to be the highest performer on this team. Why, why do you think that that's, that that's going to be the case? And do you think he's going right now? He's going at the five Oh six. Um, so I think he showed enough that he's proven through the past two years, based on who he's had to catch from that he doesn't need a great quarterback to stand out. Right. So there's certain receivers who perform really well when their quarterback is exceptional. And then there's, court, there's receivers that can do really well with whatever they have. And I think he's kind of shown that. Like, as long as the pass is anywhere near his area, like, he'll be able to make that catch. So I think you're right, it's especially with the all the diverse options. Right away, I don't think he's going to be seeing that many targets. But he's also the only established person, I guess, outside of – well, Philip Lindsay doesn't really receive. Uh, he only runs. So – in terms of receiving options, he's the only one that's really well established. You know, you're counting on two rookies and then a second-year tight end who did show some promise, but it's not like he was targeted all the time. And they used two or three tight ends almost all the time. So let me let me ask this because last year he had a big portion of the of the of the target share. He had 25.9 percent. That's a very healthy uh, portion of the target share, but. Something really weird happened when Locke became the starting cornerback from th from weeks 13 to 17. Week 13, he had a great game against the Chargers. I think he had like two touchdowns. It was Locke's first game. Then after that, he finished basically outside of the top 
40 or top 40 most weeks out of the top 50 wide receivers where he completely fell off for the following four games. So, um, you know, a lot of that did have to do with defenders kind of zoned in on the fact that like, okay, he is the number one receiving option so we can shut him down. Hopefully that's going to be a little bit uh, of, a, of a lesser concern with Jerry Judy on the other side. No offense. Now you have this uh, bolstered up receiver core. But uh, you still have a young quarterback, maybe limited target share. Do you, uh, do you feel at, at the 506, he's probably going to be potentially your wide receiver two if, if you've drafted heavy on wide receiver, maybe wide receiver three? Do you feel yeah. comfortable with him there? Well, so, and then I guess I was going to lead into this after. We can do this now, but I kind of labeled. Um, I guess before I touch this, I think what you're saying is true. Like this is really young. And I think that a lot of people have high hopes, but there is, there's maybe we do have high expectations for such a young team. Like maybe they're not going to perform or develop as fast as we think they will. That's a really big possibility. But that being said, I think the NFL more than any other league, like rookies perform, you know what I mean? Like you can go right into game one. Well, and also Jerry, Jerry Judy's a hell of a talent, man. Like he's, I do think he's going to have a good year. He's going in the eighth round right now, tail end. So right, like just about the ninth round beginning at that turn. Um, I might take a shot at him there just because he is a talent that uh, could really, he could turn into something. He could be really uh, something really special. Fant is going in the 11th round. Uh, Do you think he's a value? Yeah, actually I labeled him as that. So I kind of went through the offense and decided, you know, which players fit. So for example, I think Jerry Judy, like you were saying, uh, going in the eighth, I think he's like a stash player. Like you draft him, you know, he might not produce right away, but you're he's a sleeper, him. but he's got upside. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I did that with DK Metcalf last year where he was on my bench the first four weeks. And then after that, you mm-hmm. know, I was either using him as my flex or depending on the matchups, he was my wide receiver too. And I think that's what Jerry Judy's going to be. Like you can stash him away. And then later on in the season, he's going to pay off. I think Noah Fant, I labeled him as my value pick. Like he's gonna he's gonna exceed where you draft him for sure. With the amount of twelve personnel that 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 offense ran last year, I think that he's gonna get a lot of touches. I think it depends on how the draft goes, right? Like if it if people start drafting wide receivers early, I think there's a chance you might have to reach for Cortland Sutton and overpay for him a little bit. But he's gonna be like a solid wide receiver too throughout the year, I think. All right, so as far as the the team's running back room that yeah i mean can you try to clear this up a little bit for me because this is also one i'm i'm you know i'm also a broncos fan and this is something that as a fantasy player i am very confused about this so as a fan i'm extremely excited but as a fantasy player i kind of don't want to touch these two like i would stay away just because we don't have a clear picture of who's going to be running back one I think that I think it's very clear that it's Melvin Gordon because that's where the money is. That might be so, right? But once he might start off as running back one, but if Philip Lindsay starts producing, they're not. And also, what's the split? Because he could be running back one, but if it's getting 60, is it significant enough? You know? I think that it'll be 60 40, 55 50, honestly. I think that I wouldn't draft Melvin Gordon because he's going pretty high. Like, based on the amount of touches he might, he's probably going to get, I wouldn't get him in the third. But check this out said. really quick. So the, he, there's, I, I looked into his stats from previous years just to, because you forget how good he finished a couple of times. Yeah, he was uh, just because last year. Yeah, and, and he's had plenty of seasons where he wasn't there for the full season because he has injury concerns. So there's a little bit of risk built in there. But um, in 2018, he only played 12 games. He had 175 carries. That's 
with two running backs in a committee system, 175 is doable. That that's workable. So and he had 175 carries, 66 targets. That year he finished as the running back seven on 12 games and 175 carries. So there's potential there. In the third round, he could still be a value. Granted, that year he was running at a 5.1 yards per attempt, which is not very easy to replicate. Usually most of his career he was closer to four yards per attempt. Um, but and and in 2017, the year before that, he played a full season. He had 284 carries. He finished as the running back five. So he's someone that has a lot of upside. Then you have Philip Lindsay, who, you know, two-time thousand-yard rusher. And he also did it on limited carries. 192 his rookie year, 224 last year. 224, I don't think is going to happen again. But if we, 192, as efficient as he is, he still hit 1,000 yards. His career average is 4.9 yards per attempt. He's one of the most explosive backs. Um, that's what he does. He's good with limited carries. So here's, here's Melvin Gordon, top of the third round. Philip Lindsay, top of the ninth round. Right, and that's what I was going to get to, that I think, let's say Melvin Gordon gets 200 carries and Philip Lindsay gets 175, right? I really do think the split is going to be that close. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I think both of them have shown that they can do a lot with, a few, with not that many carries. So I would totally go for Philip Lindsay in the eighth or the ninth. Like if he's still there in the eighth, I'm totally gonna grab him. Like no matter what, yeah. I've been drafting before I, that. I think he's a value. I think he's a, he's he's a yeah. value. A lot of people are scared to jump on him right now. If the if the difference is gonna be between, you know, I guess running back ten, hypothetically at the best for Melvin Gordon, and Philip Lindsay being running back fifteen at the end of the year. I'm totally just I, I don't think I don't think they're gonna finish that high. I think when you're getting Philip Lindsay, you're probably gonna get if you're lucky, a running back two, maybe somewhere between like a late running back two, like maybe twenty twenty All to right, twenty four. That's fair, that's fair. But that's still production and that's a flex player. And on yeah. bye weeks, that's someone that's very useful in the ninth round. You already Absolutely. built your damn team. This is your bench now. You know, you're not putting a lot of risk. Whereas if you go in on Melvin Gordon, sure you have that upside of the high efficiency. He's done it before. But um, it is a little bit riskier with that third round equity going in. Um, so like a, it's pretty similar to what you were saying with Damian Williams and Hyde or um, yeah. Blair. Uh, so you, you this is we, a way less high powered offense for that, for that uh, topic, right? This is the case where you'd rather take that bottom pick and take the chances at a later round. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's exactly how I felt with Damian Williams yeah. as well. The thing is, though, I think last year, well, well we I think more valley last year, but. Lindsay in our league went in the fifth, and I'm afraid that just based off of like name value, someone's gonna get him early. Like I don't think in our league specifically he'll be there in the ninth or the eighth. I I agree. I think people are gonna see him, and you're right. He has name value, um, and he probably will go earlier than that. Um, but I think a big uh, a major distinction. There are similarities between this running back room and the Chiefs running back room. But I think the reason with the Chiefs, I'd go with the younger, with the rookie. Here I would be going. Um, you know, I would go with a more expensive pick here. I'm going with the value pick. And the reason being is that the Chiefs have a high-powered offense. There's a lot more opportunity there. Here on a low-powered offense, um, and, and you're talking about ages, Melvin Gordon's the veteran player on this offense. You have to assume that he's going to carry a lot of this workload. Yeah. Uh, I just want to point out that Sieber, for whatever reason, sent a video of one of his, of his week one matchups last year no it shows a record of 11 and 2 there and he has lamar miller wait right am i tripping he still has lamar Miller. 
Um, that, that, that just proves I didn't auto-draft because that was a terrible team. No, no, no. That proves you did auto-draft. Not only – you yeah, didn't set your exactly. lineup. He started your week one. You yeah, didn't you know he was Miller, right? It's like you let the robot – You auto-drafted Lamar Miller in the third, and then you played him week one because you didn't do anything. <laughs> And he still made it to the freaking championship. Oh my gosh! I know. Anyway, I guess I do. So, okay, well, one last thing on the Broncos. Oh my bad. What's up, Lionel? I do think the Raiders' record is going to be pretty close to the Broncos. I think the Broncos do come out on top, but I think the Raiders are aren't really looked at right now in the proper way. I do think they have potential to yeah. get to somewhere close to that. Where I, I do think the Broncos are a playoff team, so yeah. even if it's a wild card, but. I think the Raiders will be close. I don't think no, I think, uh, I think they're going to play. I think they're going to wild card too, especially with the new playoff rules. Now with the AFC South, the new playoff rules though, any team can get in there yeah. now. That's true. All right, go so ahead, I, Renee. I have one last stat here with with the Broncos, rookie quarterbacks when replacing Joe Flacco in a season. Oh. Lamar Jackson, six touchdowns, three interceptions, one thousand two hundred one yards, fifty eight point two percent completion rate, six and one starting record. Drew Locke. Seven touchdowns, three interceptions, 1,020 yards, 64% completion rate, 4-1 starting record. That's it. I'm just going to leave you guys with that. That's the Broncos hype. Broncos hype is real. All right. The Raiders. What are they talking about? So So the last one. Ruggs is nailing his fucking, like, throat. I'm going to to (laughs) make this myself to go bet on the Raiders. What? All right. Hold up. Renee. Before you move on to the last team, what do you what do you think their record is going to be? So I have their floor being eight and eight, and their ceiling being ten and six. And with the new playoffs, ten and six basically gets you in. I think the Raiders win seven. <clears throat> I, th- I I am going to go with ten and six, and I think it's going to be because of defense. I really I I this is a young offense, and <sighs> I'm scared of that. But this is a this is a great defensive team, a great defensive coach, a lot of talent on this defense now. Our pass rush is perhaps the best in the league right now with Speaking Bradley of, Chubb, Von Miller, uh, yeah. Jarrell Casey. Speaking of defense, though, I mean, I guess when, you, when you're doing a fantasy podcast, offense matters a lot more mm-hmm. in terms of players and who you want to draft. But, like, I think they'll still be there pretty late, and this is a defense you might want to invest in. They're not going to finish as the best defense in the league, I think. Just Every mock draft, every single mock draft that I do, I always take the Broncos. Always take because they're always there. They're always there when that people like the thirteenth, right? They're available with your last pick. Really? Yeah, they're available with your last pick. Generally speaking, I think if you if they're there in the last two rounds, this is a defense you can feel comfortable taking next year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna draft them in the first. So so I'm scoring New England. (laughs) You're gonna worked out for you last year, man. All right, so we uh, so the last team that we have here, we're doing the LA Chargers, which are going to benefit. We, from we really have to talk about them because not even the LA Chargers didn't even know they even exist. Well, they're they're, they're actually in a beneficial position right now when you think about it. No fans at the stadium. Now all teams are on a playing. You know, it's it's a playing. It's an even playing field yeah. now. They went from sixteen away games to sixteen neutral games. Yeah, yeah, that's a oh, huge yeah. improvement yeah, for this team. So okay, so with this team. They're, they're, the quarterback situation is a little bit uh, questionable. I feel like Tyrod Taylor has now been put in multiple situations where he's just going to hold the reins until the successor needs to take over, and they drafted Justin Herbert in the first round. So the question really is, how long does Tyrod Taylor last? Now, I personally believe that Tyrod Taylor is a better option for this offense and their production in Herbert's rookie year. 
Um, I would like to see them hold on to Taylor and Taylor himself. And I don't think it's going to happen, but if the chargers were to make the decision to hold on to Taylor for at least the majority of the season, he could offer streaming upside as a standalone player in 2017, he finishes the quarterback 14 because he has a rushing, he has a floor, a rushing floor 2015 through 2017. He averaged over 500 rushing yards per season. So, I mean, that's a solid little baseline. Uh, in good matchups, you can pick you can pick him up, and that's if he's playing, then there's value on this team. If he's not playing, then I don't know if there is a whole lot of value as far as the wide receivers and all that goes. Especially even the running back room. This is a, a running back room that depends a lot on on receiving ability, and you don't see um, rookies really pass to the to the running back a whole lot, whereas uh, Tyrod Taylor did when he was with. Um, when he was with the Buffalo Bills, he Shady uh, Shady McCoy had 77 targets in 2017. You know that's it's not what Austin Eckler had last year. Philip Rivers always threw to the running back. Those numbers are going to come down a little bit, but Taylor has shown that he's willing to throw it to the running back and he's willing to 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 provide that kind of value. I don't think that the rookie would. I don't think that Herbert would. So I'm hoping that Tyrod Taylor is the quarterback of this team, so that these players actually offer value. If they do offer value, a lot of these guys are going to be steals in the draft. <clears throat> all right. Is this, this be passing at all? Like, good. Yeah. So he had Sammy Watkins in Buffalo. Okay. And if and if you remember, that was like when I when we were first starting the season, uh, the the league. I had Sammy Watkins, and um, he was a boomer bust player, but he did have good productivity with the Buffalo Bills and with Tyrod Taylor. If that's the case, I don't think Keenan Allen's going to, you know, return to his form from what he was, you know, performing at with Phillip Rivers, but he could be a value right now. He's going at the end of the fourth round, almost at the beginning of the fifth round. He's the wide receiver one for this team. If Tyrod Taylor's throwing to him, he's going to be the number one uh, option for over the last three seasons. He's averaged 148 targets for someone going at the end of the fourth round and he could slip further due to the quarterback situation. He could prove to be a value. He could also prove to be a complete waste of a pick if they do switch over to Herbert early on in the season. So I'm, I'm really concerned about with him a little. He's, he's risky, but it could pay off. I have no interest in Mike Williams this year because I don't, I, I don't think either one of these uh, quarterbacks are really solid enough to, to support multiple uh, options on this offense. Um, I'm not interested in Hunter Henry so much because he's going a little bit higher. He's going in the, seven, uh, in the seventh round someone again with a questionable situation he's in another tier that tier with evan ingram where he they they're talented but their quarterback situation is questionable uh you're, you're not sure where they fall in the pecking order and their receiving core so it's risky he could take a step back um so he's a little bit risky i i am interested in Eckler's productivity but not in his price right now he's going at the 204 i mean that's ridiculous to me. He he finished as the running back six last year. He did, but that was on 106 rushing or I'm sorry, 132 rushing attempts. What's up? You cut out. I didn't hear where you said he was going. Sorry. 204. Oh, okay. He's going to 204. And so last year he had 132 rush attempts. That number is going to go up, but it's not going to go up a lot because he, he hasn't shown that he, that he can do that year in year out every year. That's the most he's ever had. And his rushing productivity on the ground, 557 yards. Where he had his, his real productivity was uh, he had 108 targets. He's basically a wide receiver at that point, 993 yards. 
that's awesome. Again, if Tyrod Taylor is the quarterback, those numbers will come back a little bit. I don't think running backs, I think running back six is the ceiling and I don't think it's likely that he repeats that. So he's going a little too high. Um, but because I don't think he's going to take all of this team's carries, I think there's a potential for Justin Jackson to take a step up. And I am, he's so cheap in the draft right now. He's going in the 12th round. Uh, and he's picked at last year when Melvin Gordon was out, Justin Jackson, he was the number two running back on this team and he got productivity. Um, in the 12th round, he's someone that could a- offer flex value and he costs you basically nothing. You're just taking throw, throwaway players. You'll know his role early in the season and you'll know whether you want to keep him, drop him, trade him, whatever. All right. So here's why I'm going to tell you that the only person that's worth drafting from the Chargers is Austin Eckler. Check down City, dude. He's going to pass it to Eckler all the time. So back when uh, Tyra Taylor was a starter, so this was not including last season, but the past two years, the two years before that, he was number eight in uh, play in highest percentage of quarterbacks who threw checkdowns. So like he's going to pass it to Austin Eckler all the time. And there's no way that offense is going to trust them to be gunning it to Mike Williams, like Philip Rivers did last year. So I think it's going to be check down city. Eckler's going to catch a shit ton of passes and he's going to be running the ball a lot. Okay. Sure. You can find value for Justin Jackson later, but I think that it's worth investing in Austin Eckler. I, I believe in the whole check down city thing. I really do. But my, here's my concern. And this is the number that scares me when I look at this team. They led the league in running back target share last year, and it was pretty unprecedented, 32%. No, like, I mean, you're talking about that's more than most teams target their tight ends. That's uh, equivalent to some of the worst teams uh, at targeting wide receivers. That's a lot of targets to the running back, yeah. and Phillip Rivers loves to do that. But I don't know if 32% is, is going to be replicated. So the reason I think it is going to replicate – is not because Tyrod Taylor plays the same way as Philip Rivers, but because this quarterback isn't as good. So maybe naturally, instinctively, it wouldn't be that high. But if you take away all the 30-yard deep balls to Mike Williams that Tyrod Taylor for sure is not going to throw, I think you're going to get close to a pretty similar number. Yeah, if he is a short passing quarterback, then I do see a potential on that. Like, I, that's why I asked about the deep the deep passes, and I think that, that does benefit him for his value. I also think that the Chargers are smart enough to know that uh, Herbert is not – he's a draft and stash. Like, you're not going to play them the first year. Unless you're, like, 0-8, oh then he'll probably get out there. But I don't yeah, know. But I, I mean, think- I wouldn't be surprised if they did do that. And this is, a, this is a coach that's on the hot seat, you know, when you have that kind of a situation. Um, I think that he's no longer on the hot seat. I think ownership has kind of – I think ownership decided that it was Philip Rivers and not the coach. Yeah, right? but if they open Otherwise up the season, like if they open up the season zero and two, which is, you know, very Chargers like, it wouldn't be the first time, it wouldn't be the last time. Um, but if they open up the season zero and two, this is going to be a very different conversation, and now you're going to have a lot of pressure to make big changes. So it, and that that's the thing that scares me about this team. I, I really don't want to draft any Chargers. Um, I do think a couple of them could end up proving to be values, but, you know, it's just. Last year, you know, Keenan Allen, you had Keenan Allen, and he had good games, but then it was also really hard to predict that. And now you have a more questionable quarterback situation, an evolving offense. You know, this team identity is changing, and you have to wonder what kind of consistency um, are they, are they going to provide, you know? What do you think? I'll, I'll get them in the Raiders. Let me 
Let me ask <laughs> you one. <laughs> ask you one. So if Herbert does come in as quarterback, doesn't that reduce Eckler's value? Uh, I think if Herbert comes in, so I don't know how they're going to split the carries, like the actual carries uh, between Jackson and Eckler. If Herbert comes in, they're going to run the ball more. So it might even out, but that doesn't necessarily mean that Eckler's going to get all those extra carries. I think right. from a receiving perspective, <laughs> probably not that. If you lose value in that, I think the receivers would benefit more from Herbert coming in. Maybe. Um, either way, like, I mean, I don't know what other running backs would be available, right? But for example, you were talking about how Jacobs is going in the late first, might be there early second. If I'm picking between Eckler and Jacobs, like, I'm, I'm going to pick I would rather have. Time. I would yeah. rather have Eckler. I love the receipt, especially, you know, if you're playing a half PPR, full PPR, because you're right, yeah. there's going to be a, there's a floor there. There's a floor. You're not, he's not, even if he underperforms, it's not going to be so horrible because there's going to be receiving productivity. But I also I, think you'll be able to tell early. So if I have Eckler, right, and two weeks in, you get an idea of what the offense is going to look like, there's going to be someone, <clears throat> Sieber, who's going to, who's going <laughs> to be expecting last year's performance and you can flip him for a lot more than he'll be worth by the end. So I'm trying to see. So other okay, here here are some um, running backs. Pretty much where where they're going as far as uh, around Eckler. So ahead of him, the you had the two running backs ahead of him right now are Nick Chubb and Miles Sanders, who are just a few picks ahead of him. I'd way rather have them. After Austin Eckler, a couple of players that are going. Uh, Chris Godwin is going behind Eckler. I'd rather have him. Aaron Jones, I'd rather have him. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I'd rather have Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, Travis Kelsey going after Eckler, I'd rather have Travis Kelsey. Mike Evans, you know, I, f- I feel like there's a lot of options that are going around that area I'd, I'd rather take over Austin Eckler. I'd have in front of Clyde and, like, those other two players. You'd, I still rather, think you'd I'd... rather have Eckler than Hyde? And Kelsey, yeah. Or Hyde, too. Clyde. <laughs> no, I, I would still, I would still rather take the upside shot on the Kansas City offense because that's an offense. Here, you're taking a questionable player with a known situation. Player, well, you're, yes, but you're taking a questionable player with a known high-powered situation versus taking a known high-powered player in a very questionable situation, um, and that just comes down to personal philosophies. If you want to take that approach, by all means. Here, I, I would rather take a shot on the upside. Checkdown City. All right, so with with that talk of Checkdown City, um, we're going to move on to another little segment here so we can start spicing things up. Have you ever wondered? (laughs) We're doing a little Have You Ever Wondered. Juan, what do you have for for us this week? All right. Oh, wait, wait, really quick. Let's introduce, I, I forgot to mention to all, all our 3,000 and, and, you know, one listeners that we have oh. out there. 3, yeah, 3,000. We have 3,000 listeners now. Did you guys know that? Dang. Yeah. Wow. You're joking, right? They're all, it's mostly me opening up a lot of different Spotify accounts. And just <laughs> oh, play on repeat yeah, put it on loop while you sleep. But it counts, right? Oh, we can play it that way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we have a former champion of the, of the league here with us, Green Bay. That is spelled B-A-E. That's it? That's all we get? How about a little Cebu? Nah. 
No, Steve Burns. Hello. All right, Juan. Hello, fellow league members. What do you have for us this week? All right. So last week you told me that I had set the bar high, so I'm a little nervous. But uh, you know, I felt like we talked since I was actually part of this whole podcast. I felt like I talked a lot of fantasy, so I wanted to take a step back and just have you know your guys' opinion on a situation rather than focusing on a deep dive into fantasy. I kind of wish I was on the AFC East uh, podcast because I'm really curious and I'm wondering whether you guys are rooting for Brady or Belichick this season. Like, will the Patriots succeed with Brady. Stidham? Oh, Brady. Brady. I'm rooting for Brady, but she hates Brady. So. I love Brady. I love Brady. Belichick's husky. That's who I'm rooting for. Belichick's husky, <laughs> the ultimate play caller of the New England Patriots. That's going to be Brady and... That guy who won last week or last Super Bowl. Oh, I, I am rooting for Brady. Oh, Brady in Super Bowl. It's gonna be the perfect one. I honestly, I I, I want Brady to succeed here because I I think the Patriots organization is notoriously, you know, just being assholes to their players. For no, I love time, not paying people what they deserve. You know, making it very difficult. The stories that come out of there from a lot of these players are pretty horrible. Um, so, and I know Belichick's, you know a great coach and everything like that, but I'd rather see Bruce. Ar- to me, it's more Bruce Arians. I'm a big fan of Bruce Arians with, with the Buccaneers. I'd like to see him succeed. He creeps That's me fair. out. Ooh, Belichick no, or Brady? Bruce no, Bruce Arians and Belichick. <laughs> Brady. All Bruce, three of them. Bruce Arians does have I wish Bruce Arians was, sure. my, my, was my uncle. Like, he'd be a cool uncle to have. No, he'd be the kind of uncle that would touch you. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, okay, maybe it's the same uncle, but he's also the uncle that would be <laughs> He's also the one that brings you extra cool presents on Christmas. Ew. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. We're learning a lot about you, Juan. Learning a lot about I'm about concerned you. about you. Is that is that your Theo Jose that you're talking about? Let's not talk about him. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> so I'm actually I think I'm the only one here then. Um I'm actually rooting for Belichick. So I think it's part it's two reasons. First, I will die on the hill of Peyton Manning is better than Tom Brady, but Tom Brady was in the perfect situation. Now, again, I stand pretty alone on that hill, but that's reason one. And reason two, I think it would be pretty cool for the first time in history for a coach to prove like, yeah, it was me. It wasn't the quarterback. Now, I'm not saying they're going to go 12 and four with Jared Stidham, but it'd be pretty interesting if they went 10 and six and made the playoffs. Record the other sideline again or what? To win or what? What? I didn't hear you. Did anyone hear him? No. <laughs> what did you say, Seward? He said, uh, is he going to re- be recording the other sideline still? Uh, I mean, you never know with them, so it's possible. But I just think it'd be cool if, if he shows he can really do it with any quarterback. That being said, a lot of interesting things happened this offseason that would leave you to believe, lead you to believe that they are actually tanking. So the Patriots, as Renee kind of said, they're kind of cutthroat. They're notorious for cutting players or trading players a year or two before their decline just because they're not willing to pay them. And they actually invested a lot, especially on the defensive end, on players that they otherwise would have let go. Like, they kind of overpaid for some people. Veterans. Stephon that's Gilmore not what they sure. do. But the yeah. defense is, I mean, it's still a great defense. It is. It is, defense. but they're, they're not no, going to finish. I don't think they're, I can't imagine Belichick actually tanking. And I don't think that they're going to finish last in this division. I don't. Right. That's fair. I don't think, I don't know if tanking is the right word, but they've, 
retained players that they other years would have let go. And with Belichick there, I still else. think their their floor is eight and eight. And if they do anything better than that, I'm going to be impressed with that performance. Well, I think ten and six is possible. And I, if I you look so. at that offense last year, I mean, it was pretty rudimentary. You know. Yeah, but I don't want. But that having been said, that's a team as you know, as as far as the football goes. But as far as the players go, I don't want any one of these players. You had Sony Michelle last year. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was super regrettable, and they're all going pretty late. But I have no interest in this, and they're not exciting to watch. They're not fun to root for. It's ah, I'm not. I'm not big on the Patriots this season. In terms of fantasy, I completely agree. That being said when you guys talked about the AFC East, you're really down on James White. And out of the two court, uh, the two running backs, sorry, I would totally get James White late. I think if you run him as your flex, like he's my, my, the receiving back, he has a really high floor. And if there's too many running backs. Great. There's too many running backs here. You don't know who it's going to be. He's got yeah, James White. Right. You've got Rex Burkhead. You've got Sonny Michelle. You've got uh, Damian Harris. I mean, but last year, regardless of what the other ones did, James White got you 10 points every time. I should know. You know, like it's a nice, it's a high floor. He's not gonna get you yeah. more than fifteen, <laughs> but he'll he'll give you ten. But you had Sony Michelle. Oh yeah. Sony yeah, Michelle. I don't know. The one, the one that I'm interested in, uh, it, I I am interested in Edelman because I think he is gonna be the cornerstone of this offense. Belichick's gonna find ways to use him, and he's going in the seventh round. Uh, I think there he's a value. If he's your your wide receiver three, and you're getting him in the seventh round, that's pretty awesome. That's true. I don't know. So. I think the, the the bucks around Brady are tailored to be successful, right? So I think there's no doubt that that team is going to win at least 10 games. I'm excited because I'm a Patriots huge fan are. of Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, and I want to see them – I want to see what they can do with uh, with Brady, you know, leading the helm on that offense. Do you think it'll matter that Brady's not a gunslinger the way that Winston is? He's obviously way more careful. Well, okay, so there's – default accuracy has dropped a lot. There's a his deep ball accuracy has dropped a lot, but his deep ball attempts were tied with uh, with Jameis Winston last year. They were tied at number one. Oh. Only reason that there wasn't a lot of completion. Look at the wide receiver core that he had with the Patriots. So there's a lot of misconception with that. His you know he's still a great thrower, uh, and he's really smart. Also, someone that really likes to target the slot wide receiver in an offense that's always been designed to target the slot wide receiver. You see with what Bruce Arians did with Larry Fitzgerald. And you got to see what he did with Chris Godwin last year. I thought he was going uh, too uh, too early in the draft. I mean, he's drafted him in the fourth round. He finished as the number two wide receiver. That was with Jameis Winston, inaccurate, a lot of ups and downs. Um, but he's – I right now, I have him as my number three wide receiver. I have Michael Thomas, then I have Devontae Adams, and then I have Chris Godwin ahead of Julio Jones, ahead of Tyreek, and ahead of DeAndre Hopkins. Wow. Fuck you. I'm really high on him. And Mike Evans, too, because Mike Evans right now, he's going, you know, in the third round. Uh, he's someone that's got a lot of upside. He's not going to be your wide receiver one. He doesn't have to be. He can be your wide receiver two at that price. Um, and, again, I think you see what historically what, what uh, uh, Brady has done with that type of wide receiver. He did it for – he had Brown, Antonio Brown, for one game last year. Has a great game. You know, um, you look at what he did with Randy Moss. A lot of these vertical guys, he's always utilized them, and they've always had value with him. The one that I'm not interested in is uh, Lionel's favorite pick on this team, Gronkowski. I don't want OJ <laughs> Howard. I don't want any. I don't want any of the tight ends. I do think cool. he brings value to Ronald Jones. 
You're talking That's about true. check down city. He is someone that likes to use that. And Bruce Arians likes to use receiving backs. He uses David yeah. Johnson or he used David Johnson for a long time as a, as a primary receiving option on that team. I think Ronald Jones is going to have a lot of value with Brady there. I agree. I think, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be the same in uh, Arian system, but the uh, play they ran a lot the last two years was just a simple play action and then just have the running back sneak in behind the linebackers whenever the linebackers would cut in. So it's like a quick eight-yard pass, and it was it, they, it worked without fail every time. So they might incorporate that a lot with Ronald Jones. That was my dog, by the way. He said, <laughs> he said fuck Brady. Good boy. Brady, Brady was a Brady, Brady was a six-round draft pick. He fucking battled so much adversity his entire life. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Crimea River. He literally has a professional chef who cooks every single time for him. Putting He's a white male. A lot of white <laughs> He's the best male, you know? He likes to play the football. So that's the only thing I know. I know he loves to play football, and he's good at it. <sighs> I know Tom Brady is the obvious choice over Bill Belichick in this case. Obviously, except Who for loves football more? What? Bill Belichick or Tom Brady? Tom Brady. Did Bill Belichick what? have to fight for Michigan's starting spot? And then... <laughs> The professional level, he had to have the Hall of Famer also go down. Check is the only one to come out of the Browns and be successful. <laughs> Not just because he had to leave Ozzie, the Browns. Ozzie Newsom also left the Browns and and uh, built the house that is the Baltimore Ravens. Just cut that out. You gotta leave that. So like Nick Saban also left the Browns and created the, the powerhouse that is Bama. Well, he left the Dolphins and went to to Bama. It, it's like 2020. You just have to wait for it to end, and then like you go on with your life and you become more successful. Like you understand what like was fucking awful about that time. All right, that's we'll my take. That's right. my hot take on that. We'll see what happens. If I think if the Patriots go 10 and six, I'm I'm right. If the Patriots go eight and eight, you're right. If they if they go nine and seven, then we split it. I don't know. Then I'm done. Sieber, what's on your mind? You look like you're you're really deep in thought right now. But get closer to the microphone. Uh, well, if we had a better mic, I could probably do some work. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh. All right. <laughs> no, no, the other way. No it's, no, it's supposed to be the other way. It's not. It's this way. Look at Renee. Renee. Oh, it's supposed to be in the front. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. I'm a fucking idiot. That's why it's not working. Pop filter behind the microphone, not in front of it. I swear, I thought I was being behind. He's using it to catch all the spit that goes behind them. Ew. (laughs) COVID, wear your mask. Six feet. So gross. Yeah, are you guys six feet apart right now? Uh, Yeah, you see like this divider right here? (laughs) You have to go quarantine for 14 days now. (laughs) What are you thinking, Seabrook? What do you think? Um, I was thinking, I think both Belichick's a pretty good coach. I wish the Raiders had him. Better than Gruden, for sure. Gruden yeah. hasn't done anything yet, so. Gruden's overpaid. Hot takes. I like that. <laughs> I like that. that Don't riveting. say that in public, Seabrook. <laughs> I'll say that in Vegas. Because everything in Vegas is there. That's why. So, nothing's leaving there when I say talk smack about him. <laughs> all righty Juan you got anything else for us today uh, that's it that's all I had for today you son of a bitch you 
All right, guys. You we'll did it again, week. you son of a bitch. Did I let you down? <laughs> no, you didn't let me down at all. You, all right, guys. You, you completely destroyed everything that we put together on this podcast today. 3,000 listeners are so disappointed. 3,000 cancellation of the segment. All right, I guess, hey, I'm on a podcast again. It might get canceled again. You guys have to re- record it again. Oh, yeah. Like, that, did, that, did, that did happen. That's that's definitely what it was. It wasn't that we wanted to cut you out entirely, Sebra. We, we don't want any of your taste. Sebra, you are the show. You are the show, Sebra. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you for joining us today on the Fantasy Foreplay Podcast. I'm Card Booker, BDJ, Cebu, uh, the Juan that got away in Green Bay. The Juan that got away. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening this week. Hook 'em horns! Hook 'em horns!